Good morning. Welcome to worship on this wonderful, sunny Sunday morning. I'm happy to see all of you today. I'd be even more happy if we were able to figure out the weather and planned our outdoor service for this week instead of last week. That, uh, that would be wonderful. Um, a few uh, just announcements about the worship service as we get going. Because of the uh, increased COVID activity, uh, we are encouraging masks uh, for everybody, and we are holding off on um, the exchanging of the peace, so we're going to ask you to stay in your pews and wave or give finger guns or a hearty thumbs up. Um, and then also, we did take the date off of when we are going to resume congregational singing. We hope that all of this is just a little blip and we get to keep moving forward on our plans of getting back to the full worship service. Uh, council is meeting again. Uh, executive team is meeting this week. Council is meeting next week to discuss it further. Communion, of course, uh, is going to be still by the little cups, so you'll be invited to come forward and receive that. And if you're watching online, uh, if you have bread and wine or juice, uh, some sort of carb and some sort of juice ready uh, to participate in communion, of course, it is Christ's meal and Christ uh, surpasses space and time. With that, please take a moment to quiet your hearts and minds as we prepare for worship. We worship today in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please stand as you are able for confession and absolution. We confess our sins before God and one another. Merciful Lord, we think we know so much, but we understand so little. Forgive us for our arrogance and plant in us seeds of humility and wonder. For your gracious gift of forgiveness, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, God forgives even as we don't grasp the fullness of God's mercy. Receive this forgiveness for all of your sins and go and sin no more.
God of new life. In baptism, we die to sin and are given new life. Teach us to walk in this new life and to show up in the world remade. Amen. You may be seated. A reading from Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, indeed it faints for the courts of my Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even as the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Happy are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. Thanks be to God. God. I do have a children's message today, if anybody's brave enough to come forward. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? Got a couple of takers here. All right. Hello. Hello. Okay, now I need a little bit of help. Torsten, what did we talk about last week? What did we go to the back and see back there? We saw that. Yeah, the baptismal font, right? So we talked about how baptism brings us into God's family, right? Yes. Yeah, I hope so. So we talked about how that's important and how when we're all siblings... It means that we have to love each other even when we don't get along, right? All right, so I'm going to ask all of you, including you, Mom, do your parents ever get mad at you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, like it's a fact of life, right? Certainly Kaylee never does anything that warrants concern, does she? No. No, right? So what are things that your mom and dad or grandma and grandpa get mad at you for? Yeah, we're, we're looking for dirt here. What kind of inappropriate stuff are we talking about? Yeah. So, 
Do you guys ever play outside? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Have in the mud. Well, yeah. Usually I don't go outside in my season. Do your adult people at home like it when you play in the mud? Yeah. I usually, oh, yeah. I usually don't do that when I'm at this Have you guys ever been playing outside and you heard somebody say, you're too close to the road? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Kaylee, do you ever play too close to the road? Yeah. Yeah? And then mom and dad or grandma and grandpa go, no, stop, get away from there. Why do you think they do that? Because they're trying to protect you from getting run over by a car or truck or any type of mobile vehicle. Yes, and for a great illustration on this, uh, read or watch Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Um, <laughs> Or don't. Um, so yeah, they, they get mad because it's not safe and they don't want you to get hit by a car, right? So why do you think that God puts certain rules into the world? Do you think God just likes it when we listen and demands that we listen to him because he needs to be in control or she? No, right? God would never just make a rule because God wants us to feel like God needs to be in control. God puts rules into the world. Why would God do that? So if you are uh, following along at home, Torsten just gave a sermon that is way better than what I'm about to preach. <laughs> and uh, just a recap of that is uh, God gives us rules because God loves us, because we're God's family, and because God doesn't want us to die or wants to keep us safe. Steve, does that check out? All right, I got a thumbs up from over there. Everybody on board with this? Janelle, is that, uh, is that why we panic when Kaylee's too close to the road? Yeah? So we think, that, uh, we think that God treats us the same way a nervous parent might, huh? Yes. Okay. Can we say a prayer? Yeah. All right. And just so you know, in the sermon I'm about to give, I'm going to give you some insight into how I was as a child. <laughs> All right, repeat after me. Everybody can. Dear God, Dear God thank you so much, you so much for, keeping us safe, for keeping us safe, for worrying about us, worrying like, us. A like a mother worries about her kids. Keep us safe and help us to keep others safe as we go about our daily lives. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for all the help. Ava, Kaylee, thank you. Thank you. Good morning.
All right. The New Testament reading today is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the sixth chapter. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we, who died to sin, go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Lord. So, this is the second week in a row that we get baptism as the central theme of our lessons. Last week, we talked about how baptism is a ceremony that brings you into the family a ceremony that binds us all together as siblings with the Holy Spirit as the tie. A ceremony where God makes a promise to us and where we or some sponsors make some promises on our behalf. And we talked about how God is always faithful even when we are not. Now, Paul talks about sin using the word itself. However, our psalmists refer to sin as the tense of wickedness, which sound way more fun. Where's Pastor Casey? Oh, I think I saw him down by the tense of wickedness. Again? Fun fact, the Greek word for sin is chamartia. 
I don't actually have anything with that. It's just fun to say. But let's talk about sin. What is sin? This is the part where you can talk. <laughs> Pastor Casey, you're up there. We hired you to tell us what it is. Nobody? All right. The easiest way to think about sin is general disobedience to God. But mostly sin is something that hurts ourselves and it hurts our neighbors. In Paul's writing especially, there are two ways to address sin. He reminds us first that we should stop. But he also reminds us that sin holds no power over us. And over the centuries, the church has been really good at telling people about the former. But before we go into that, let's talk about sin and why it's bad. Why is sin bad? Come on, guys. You got this. Hurts your neighbors. Separates us from others. All right. Those are good. We like those. To think of it more simply, in the command of thou shalt not murder, why shalt we not murder? Because murder kills people, right? Because it takes away somebody's life. And in a society, if murder were okay, it wouldn't really be good for anybody. Now, why shalt we not covet thy neighbor's donkey? Or spouse. Because it hurts somebody, right? It hurts the neighbor. It hurts myself. It hurts the donkey or spouse. It's not good for our relationships with one another. Because it hurts. It hurts God's creation Therefore, it is not good. But the reaction to it of creating shame and stigma and a complex code that is extra-biblical is doing exactly the opposite of that other thing that Paul warns about. By creating a whole system where we use shame as a deterrent, we don't take away sin's power, we give more power to it. And that just snowballs the whole cycle. I remember when I was about 12 years old. Now, how many of you remember when you were a kid and all of the adults were very serious about not touching the booze when they were gone? <laughs> right? I can tell a lot of you have both had this conversation and have been the recipient of this conversation, right? And it's not bad to say to your teen and preteen kids, you know what, don't drink, 
right? I remember the D.A.R.E. program. You know what that did, though? It made alcohol just that much more enticing. So, on one weekend, when my grandparents were out of town, I walked up to their house, and I snuck downstairs to their rec room bar, and I found a bottle of Roundy's brand tequila. Roundy's brand tequila. Yeah. It was a few years before I ever tried that again. <laughs> the best analogy that I could think of for sin is that sin is like Roundy's brand tequila. Life is just better when you stay away from it. But the more we tell people to stay away from it, the more enticing it is. The role of the church is not to police behavior. It is not to ostracize or shame different groups of people. It is not to judge. The role of the church is to remind people, to remind everyone, both inside these doors and outside these doors, that Jesus paid the ultimate price for sin so that we don't have to. To make sure our eternity isn't filled with Roundy's brand tequila and its consequences. To give us a shot at something better a chance to be something better, to live a more fulfilling life, a life that is full of love and a life that is free of fear. The church's role is to say, welcome. You have a place here. No matter who you are, no matter what Roundy's brand beverage you consumed. No matter where you've been, no matter what you think of yourself, you have a home here. You belong, and you are loved. Jesus defeated sin and death on the cross so that sin would not consume us but also so that the fear of the consequence of sin would not consume us. So as we move forward after and during the rest of this pandemic, the church's role will be ever more important. The church's role will be the same as it was but we will be called to be better than we ever were. It's a tall task. It is quite a mountain that is in front of us. But even when we stumble, even when we fall,
we are reminded to circle back to Paul's message for us. That Christ died on the cross even when we fail at the very basics. To live a life free from sin doesn't mean that you will never, ever do anything wrong. It means that when you do something wrong, you don't let it define you. That you remember not to pick yourself up, but you remember that God picks you up. You remember that you are defined by Christ's love for you. And that you are called to go about and live a better life, not out of fear that something bad will happen to you if you don't, but out of genuine love for one another. Amen. Offer us otherworldly gifts, O God, and yet we so often settle for the temporal ones. Show us what is good, 
and tempt us with a life which cannot be destroyed, eroded, or taken from us. Gracious God, the sparrow and the swallow are instinctively drawn to their maker. May we join with all creation in making our home with you, our sun and shield. Gracious God, as students and instructors prepare for the return to school, guide them in the ways of your goodness. Teach them patience, compassion, and joy at the gifts of study and fellowship. Gracious God, as our souls long for you, the afflicted faint for a touch of your healing hand. Extend your grace through careers, medics, and loved ones who offer their gifts of and comforting presence. Especially we lift up those we name here and those who are mentioned in the comments on Facebook. Gracious God, Happy are the saints who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Join their heavenly songs with our earthly refrains and make us one united choir of praise to our Savior. Gracious God, hear our prayer. Our strength is in you alone, O God. And to you we entrust the petitions of our hearts. Receive them for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Again, please stay where you are for the sharing of the peace, but may Christ's peace be with you always. I do have a few announcements for us as we continue today. You can be seated if you so choose. Um, as you look at your announcement sheets, and remember you are welcome and encouraged to take these home with you, um, please just know that the council is staying in pretty much constant contact to discuss uh, exactly what's going on and how to best serve the church and the community. So. Um, we're going to keep on making sure our decisions aren't lagging behind and are up to date and we can be flexible. And of course, with that, we're asking everybody to be a little bit flexible. And again, we hope that we're getting back to full singing and everything and that maybe we can all participate with Jen in doing that canticle again because I really liked it. Um, that's a hint. Um, so also when you came in, hopefully you noticed the camera fundraiser. We're making really good progress with that little red and white race car on there. So uh, if you feel it all called, uh, I ask that you consider helping out with uh, that cause. We have a date that it's coming in, yes? 
We are looking at October 4th as our installation date, and we have currently raised about 4700 All right. So, yeah, uh, October 4th is coming up. Please uh, consider that. It's a wonderful system and allows us to uh, pan and zoom and do a whole bunch of things that will really enhance uh, our outreach to people who either can't or have not yet uh, made it through the doors to the church here. So please consider that. Uh, on the Welcome Center, there is a pad of paper that has some dates and times as well as some slots for dates and times that might, that if the original ones didn't work for you, I still want to meet with you. So no matter who you are, if you're visiting, if you're a member, if you think, well, I don't know why he would want to meet with me, you're the person I want to meet with. So uh, please consider that. Uh, sign up there. Anybody who has chosen to meet with me so far will probably tell you that I don't bite. Right? A couple of lethargic head nods. Yeah, he was okay. Good. Um, and then the final announcement that I have is we have one week left to put together our wonderful backpacks and school drive thing. So if you want to help a child at a school look this cool, please look at the uh, poster board out there for what you need to do to help. But it is my goal that all children can have backpacks like this. Maybe not this one. If this doesn't end up back on the table, come find me because it, I, I stole it. Um, so next week after worship, we are uh, going to uh, just get that all sent out. So please consider this week extra points for Star Wars backpacks. Are there any other announcements that I have not made that I should be aware of? All right, then we will move forward.
My dear friends, communion is a gift of God for the people of God, no matter your age, faith tradition, or where you're at in your faith journey. During the distribution, for those of you who are in the sanctuary today, the usher will release you by pew. Please come forward, receive your communion pack from me. And then you will take it back to your pew, and once everyone has their communion packs, just wait for a signal from me, and we will all commune together. If you are worshiping online, if you have your elements ready, uh, the same thing, once I give the signal, you can commune with us and we will all partake in the meal at the same time. If you need a gluten-free wafer, please hold up your index finger. If you would like a blessing but not communion when you come forward, just make a cross like that with your arms. And if you have any questions, just ask. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And then again after supper he took the cup, blessed it, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. It is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We enter this house broken and hurt. We are invited to celebrate the Feast of Holy Communion. And in the meal, we are once again made new. Leave your burdens and come to this table that has been prepared for you. You may be seated.
body and blood of Christ given for you. And the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you. Amen. You may now partake in the feast. Please stand as you are able. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Love justice, share love. You are the church. Thanks be to God.